Amen. Please remain standing and open your Bibles together with me to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, beginning from verse 1 to 12. The word of the Lord. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did, not, that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like a dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as a noonday. And the Lord will guide your, you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like watered garden like a spring of water whose waters do not fail and your your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt 
You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, once again, with the help of your Spirit, we open our hearts and our minds and our ears so that you, our God, would speak to us by your word tonight. We pray that you graciously would feed us on your Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord, Bring heaven down to us. Show us more of Christ. But especially tonight, we ask you to instruct our hearts and our minds about true religion against false religion. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, we are in Isaiah chapter 58. In this chapter, the prophet Isaiah is addressing the Israelites about the the big and serious spiritual problem that the Lord saw in them. It was the problem of religious hypocrisy and pretense. It was an attempt to make something that is not the case as it appears. Beloved, if there is any sin, any spiritual transgression that God addresses or exposes aloud and publicly, it is religious hypocrisy. Notice verse 1. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. There was a sin problem in the life of the people in Judah. And God wanted to address the problem of sin that he saw in the life of his own people. And he tells Isaiah to to declare it, to make it known, not quietly, not privately, but aloud, openly, and publicly. If you notice verse 1, God was telling Isaiah, I see a serious sin problem in the life of my people. The people should hear about it. And you, I want you to tell them, not quietly, with a soft voice, but loudly, like a trumpet. You know, the sin of religious hypocrisy is so serious to God. And when God wants to address that kind of sin in the life of His people, He wants not only the prophets, but even today, His pastors and His preachers to make it known aloud, to call it as it is. This message, beloved, is very important for us, God's people, in the worship of God. It is important because you and I, we need to be real as worshipers of God. 
We need to worship God from the heart. We should match up with our confession. We claim to be Christians. We claim to be worshipers of God. And I know, I know most of you, I know you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know you want to worship God in spirit and in truth. But you all need to remember, including myself, when the Word of God comes to us, the Word of God comes to us for instruction, but also for self-reflection. This is for our good. There is always a temptation. There is always a tendency for you and I to dismiss this message saying, this was for the ancient Israel. I'm not a hypocrite. There is no religious hypocrisy in my life. Well, beloved, maybe God sees in our life what we don't see in our own life. Because God knows each and every one of us better than we know ourselves. He knows our spiritual condition. He knows what we need. It is not for no reason that we are in Isaiah 58 tonight. It is not for no reason that you are attending the evening worship service here at Redeemer tonight. This is providential. God wants you to hear this message for the sake of your soul. Religious hypocrisy is unacceptable in the sight of God. Religious hypocrisy is an abomination in the sight of God. God hates religious hypocrisy. And he was addressing his people about this problem. What we see in Isaiah 58, 1-12 tonight is true religion versus false religion. And I want us to consider that, you know, under three points tonight. First, I want us to consider true faith versus religious fraud. You see that in verse 1 and 2. There was something that looks like religion in the life of these people. But God was telling them, this is not true religion. You are deceiving yourself. And I despise your religion. I want us to consider that. And then secondly, I want us to consider the the whining of the people. As if they were doing what was right in the sight of God. They were complaining. They were pro- pro- protesting. We are religious people. We worship. We come to the temple. But you don't hear our prayers. Why is that? You know, they were, ar- they were arguing with God. They were making a case before God as if they were in true religion. Now, and that's very dangerous. And thirdly, I want us to consider the true religion. What is true religion? Isaiah will show us what good religion is. True religion is. So first, true faith versus religious fraud. Verse 1. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression. To the house of Jacob their sins. You see, in verse 1, God is speaking to Isaiah about how to speak to his people. God was saying, Isaiah, listen, 
This is how I want you to speak to my people. This is very serious. What I see in the life of my people is very serious. It's very dangerous. It's very destructive. And Isaiah, I don't want you to hold back here. What you tell my people is not something to be quiet about. It is not private. It's a public sin. My people have sinned against me in the presence of all people who doesn't know me. My people have betrayed me. They have religion, but it's not true religion. It is full of hypocrisy, full of pretense. So make it known publicly. Make it, make it known openly. It needs to be told with a loud voice, Isaiah, like a trumpet. I want you to raise your voice like someone blowing the trumpet. You see how much this sin, how, how serious this sin was. In Israel, probably some of you know this, but in Israel, they would, uh, they would blow a trumpet in two cases. First, they would blow a trumpet in time of alarm, in time, time of war. When they see, you know, danger coming to the nation, they would blow a trumpet to uh, alert the people. But then secondly, to, they would blow the trumpet to summon, to gather uh, the whole community to stop everything that they are doing and listen. You see, both cases were true in the life of the Israelites in Isaiah 58. There was danger coming to the people of Israel. What danger? God's wrath, God's punishment because of religious hypocrisy. So they were in danger. So Isaiah had to blow the trumpet. But secondly, you see, they had to listen. It was time for the people of Israel to stop, interrupt whatever they were doing and listen. Open their ears and listen to the prophet Isaiah. In verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight, they delight to draw near to God. You see the hypocrisy that God saw in the life of these people. They were acting as if they were pious. They were acting as if they were godly. They would come to the temple. They would pray. They would fast. They would, you know, give their money to the work of the temple, to the work of God. But they were doing those things outwardly, not from the heart. They were not doing them for the glory of God. It was not true religion. It was full of hypocrisy. In a true sense, they never wanted the nearness of God. They were appearing to be 
one thing, but they were another. They were doing things that Christians do, but they were not doing them from the heart. We see that in Isaiah 29, 13. Isaiah 29, 13. You remember God giving the same admonition to the people of Judah. In Isaiah 29, verse 13. And the Lord said, Because these people draw near with their mouths, with their mouths, and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by man. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with these people, with wonder upon wonder. I will deal with them as their God. But the, but the truth is, they are not with me. Everything is um, outwardly. It is not coming from the heart. Remember Jesus Christ in Matthew 15, 7 to 9. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, The people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of man. So you see, there was no true religion in the life of these people. In James 3.1, James says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Those who think they are wise, who claim to have spiritual sight, will be judged accordingly. See the problem of religious hypocrisy. God know it. You know, when people who claim to be Christians, who claim to be worshippers of God, when they play acting, when they wear a mask and perform religion, God will see it. God will know it. You know, the, the, the word hypocrisy was a, a stage uh, word. You know, people go to, uh, to the theater, theater and, and, and watch um, an act, and they see these actors, you know, playing, acting. They, 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 they perform um, someone else. And, and, you know, those actors, they know that it is not real. They know that they are uh, acting as if they are someone else. They know that. The problem here is, you see, these people were blind. These people were religious hypocrites. But they didn't realize that. They were blind. They were blind. James 1, 22. This was the problem, you see. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
Now listen, brothers and sisters, in Christ carefully here. It is easy to be self-deceived if we are only hearers of the word. Hearing is essential, but there is a great danger in uh, attending worship, reading your Bible, having quiet time, your private time around the Word of God, then, okay, you know, then uh, equate that with doing the Word of God. That's not doing the Word of God. That's hearing the Word of God. Hearing God's Word is to equip us to go out and do God's Word. Hearing the Word is not doing the Word. It is essential. But it helps us. It's a means of grace for us to go out and do the word. That's why you see James was exhorting the believers, don't be only, you know, the hearer of the word, but be also the doer of the word. Hearing itself is not enough. But be the hearer and the doer of God's word. God wants us to do what we read in his word. What we hear from his word. If God says hypocrisy is an abomination in the sight of God. We need to get rid of a, a, a hypocrisy. You know these people, they were exhorted and admonished, uh, rebuked by God. Not because of, you know, some scandalous sin, murder, adultery. No, it was more serious. It was public. It was an abomination. It was religious hypocrisy. It doesn't mean, you know, those other things are not sinful. But religious hypocrisy. You know, to tell to God, I love you, but from, your, from the bottom of your heart, you hate him. You say, I'm worshiping God. But you're not really worshiping God. And you deceive yourself. And the problem was they were only hearers of the word. Secondly, they not only deceived themselves by religious hypocrisy, but, you know, we see them whining. Listen to what, what they say in verse 3. Why have we fasted? And you see it not. Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? See what they're doing? Lord, God, we pray, we fast, we worship, but you don't answer. You don't bless us. We're not receiving what we deserve here. We love you. We worship you. We fast. We give. We pray. We come to the temple. You know, we keep attendance at the temple. We are faithful in, you know, with coming to the temple. But we don't see you blessing us. Doesn't that sound today's prosperity gospel? I'm going to give, what, $500 and then God will reward me with, with $1,000. You know, he will bless me. It was like that. 
They were whining. And God tells them, listen to, to what he tells them. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. I know you. I see your heart. I, I know what you're doing. You're saying you are fasting, but you're seeking your own pleasure. You, you say you are fasting, but you are oppressing all your workers. You abuse your worker, and then you tell me you are fasting? What kind of religion is that? You are not even truthful. You're deceiving yourself. Verse 4, behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight. You're telling me you're fasting, but you're fighting with one another. You tell me you're praying, but you're gossiping about your fellow member in the church. You're speaking ill of your brother and your sister in Christ in the church, and you're telling me you love me? That's religious hypocrisy. And God sees that. God knows that. You know, the whole week when I was studying this chapter, this was so hard, even for me as a preacher. I had to examine my own life about these things. 1 John 4.20 Listen to this. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother or his sister, he is a liar, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. See, God was telling his people, you will never deceive me, you will only deceive yourself. I know you people, you claim to be lovers of God. You claim that you love me, but you don't even love your brother and your sister in Christ. But if you don't love the one whom you see every week, every Sunday in the church, you don't love the person whom you see in the church with whom you worship me, how can you love the invisible God that you have never seen? That's a lie. You are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. And lastly, you know, after that, God tells them what true religion is. And this is very important for you and I. What is true religion? Listen to God beginning from uh, verse 5. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? It is not. So what is true religion? Verse 6, is not this the fast that I choose? You see, God was telling him, this is true religion. Listen to me. To loose the bonds of wickedness. What, does, what is that? To run from sin. To overcome sin. To abandon sin, including religious hypocrisy. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free. To break every yoke. 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? I want to bring this home. How many of us, even in our private prayer and how we desire to be the testimonies of God's grace, how many of us say to ourselves, is there a poor man or woman around me who needs my help? Whom, whom should I bring to my home today and feed him and feed her? Where is the poor? Where is the needy? Now, God was not telling them, if you do these things, you will be saved. If we do these things, we will be justified. No. What God was telling them was, if you truly love me, if you are truly, you know, worshipers of me, your faith would be expressed with these things. Your faith will not be dead. You would do these things. When you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like a dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. What, what, what's happening here is, you see, God is telling them, what you need to do is to repent. And then when you repent, you will receive the blessings of repentance. Let me take you through the blessings of repentance quickly from, from, uh, from this, the remaining verses. Notice verse 8. What is the blessing of repentance? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. Light. You will see God by faith. You will understand what God wants to see in your life. There will be light. The light will dawn up upon you. And then verse 8, you see healing. You will be healed. And then verse 9, notice protection. You will be protected by me. And then verse 9, God's presence will be, will be with you. I will say to you, I am here with you. God's presence. And then lastly, verse 10 and 11, notice carefully, guidance and satisfaction. I will guide you and I will satisfy you. That's what repentance does in our Christian life as believers. When we, when we recognize any element of religious hypocrisy in our life, and then we run to God in repentance, then God blesses us with light, healing, protection, God's presence, guidance, and satisfaction. And then verse 12 is amazing. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. This is for, for the Israelites. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the bridge. The restorer of streets to dwell in. This is for the people of Judah. What about us? What happens when you and I repent? What happens when you and I stop? religious hypocrisy, and then we start doing these things as the expression of our true faith. Remember what James said, 
Faith without works is dead. That's what James said. Which means true faith expresses itself in good works. True faith cares for the poor. True faith loves its neighbor. True faith doesn't gossip. True faith doesn't point its finger at others and prejudge them. True faith leads to humility. True faith leads to light and guidance and satisfaction from the Lord. But then you see in verse 12, in our case, we will be what? Restorers of God's house. We'll we'll be uh, an example to others. We will uh, function as the light of the gospel that people would see and thank our God. Matthew 5.16 Let your light shine before others. Not your religious hypocrisy. It wouldn't be good. It's not going to be shine. It's not going to shine. It's not light. It's darkness. But light, you see, let your light, as a result of your repentance, shine before others so they may see your good works. Good works. That's where they see your faith, in your good works. They will see your faith expressing itself in good works. And they will say, that man, that, that woman, that young man, that young woman, they have faith. Because I see them expressing their faith, demonstrating their faith by doing good works. And Jesus said, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to who? You? For your good works? No. They would give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You Become the instrument of God to show people the mercy, love, and grace of God. So you see where Isaiah brought us. I'm sure it was sobering for us to hear Isaiah's message to the people of Israel. It makes you tremble. When the scripture addresses you about religious hypocrisy, you wonder why, yes? Beloved, let us not dismiss this message as if it doesn't concern us. If you are not religious hypocrites, We need this message for self-reflection, for self-examination. It is good for our soul. It's good for our Christian life. But also, 
There might be a person among us tonight who is wrestling with religious hypocrisy. And for that person, it's a time to repent. A time to abandon religious hypocrisy and receive the blessings of repentance, light, healing, protection, God's presence, guidance, and satisfaction. And then you become the instrument of God's mercy and grace toward others. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, thank you for the provision of your word. The message that we heard from the book of Isaiah tonight. And tonight, if we are putting religious hypocrisy on display, we repent. We repent, O Lord. Grant the forgiveness of our sins, the sin of pretense and religious hypocrisy. Have mercy on us and bless us with all these blessings. We need your light. You need your guidance. We need satisfaction from you, true satisfaction. We need your presence every moment of our life. We want to hear you telling us, I am with you. Oh Lord, bless us with all those blessings through repentance unto life. We also pray tonight that you would use us as instruments of your mercy and grace. Help us to express our true religion, our true faith by good works relying on your grace knowing that we are not saved by our own good works, but our good works are the demonstration of our true faith. Saving faith. Lord, help us to apply all these things in our Christian life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.